Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal Podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Greetings, this is Rob Hartzler with TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today on the podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with a man who certainly needs no introduction, Dr. Larry Field, current president of ANA, the Arthroscopy Association of North America, and a shoulder and elbow specialist at Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Dr. Field, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to participating. Today, we're going to be discussing your article and infographic from July 2019 entitled, Elbow Arthroscopy Made Simple, Indications and Techniques. First, Dr. Field, congratulations on this infographic. Well, well, thank you again, Rob. Uh, It uh, it was a pleasure and honor to be invited to contribute. And these infographics, I just have to say, are exciting. You know, they're a new form of this kind of graphic visual representations of information. The Arthroscopy Journal, I think, has done a great job. There are a lot of infographics. I'd encourage uh, a Journal of Arthroscopy subscribers to uh, enjoy those. They're really informative. Yeah, I think the infographics are, are great. I mean, they certainly, you know, convey information very quickly and efficiently and hopefully you know, drive the the reader observer to uh, further study on the topic. So I think they're great too. Before we get started on the actual infographic, I I just wanted to to go over kind of you know your history in getting ready for the podcast. I was looking back over your training, and I had I had forgotten or maybe never known that you did fellowship up at HSS in New York. Correct. Is that is that where you got started doing elbow arthroscopy? Were they were they doing that at that time there, or how did you how did you learn how to do this? Yeah, you know, I I did. I, there are a couple of individuals that come to mind that are very influential to me as it relates to elbow arthroscopy. One was uh, David Altchek at the Hospital for Special Surgery. David was a great surgeon and did a lot of innovative uh, procedures arthroscopically at that time. And also at HSS, I had an opportunity to do some elbow arthroscopy uh, research. Uh, looking at what's capable of being seen and what procedures can be done arthroscopically. So that was really a, a great way to get started. And then subsequently, I had the, the luxury and the pleasure to uh, serve as a, a practicing partner with Dr. Buddy Savoy for over 10 years when he was here in Mississippi. And uh, Buddy, as you know, is a superstar in everything, including elbow arthroscopy. And his uh, education, training, and, and really he was just an inspirational person to help me to learn how to do elbow arthroscopy and encouraging me to increase my own portfolio, if you will, of arthroscopic procedures. Well, what's your favorite elbow arthroscopy to do nowadays? Well, you know, it's interesting. Honestly, to me, um, arthroscopic tennis elbow release is my favorite operation. And the reason it's my favorite is a number of reasons. One, it's really simple and easy to do, and it's very rewarding because patients do almost universally extremely well. Also, importantly, it expands the indications to perform elbow arthroscopy. I, I, you know, it's a lot of people may have interest in it, and yet it's hard to come across enough cases that are indications for arthroscopic procedures. We all see the occasional elbow arthritis patient. We may see the capsular contracture patient, but almost all of us that see upper extremity patients see lots and lots and lots of tennis elbow problems. And and certainly most of those patients can be treated non-operatively, but for those that need an operation, I would, I encourage uh, people when I give talks on this to think about and try to perform arthroscopic tennis elbow release 
because it works and because it provides opportunities to do this operation in clinical settings that really aren't complex elbows. They're not super contracted or scarred, et cetera. And I train, we train a number of fellows, five sports fellows here, and we in part do this operation to help give them opportunities as well. So I think it's a good operation to do for a variety of reasons. Um, I also like to do elbow arthritis debridement cases. Those are a lot of fun as well. Excellent. Well, on the infographic, I mean, number one, you have down there palpate ulnar nerve to confirm its location. I think, you know, we would all agree on that. Number two, you say select proximal anterior portals. And the number four graphic that you have really has a very top down view, you know, where you're seeing the whole trochlea, the capitellum, very nice view of the anterior compartment articular surfaces. Is that because you're moving those proximal portals more proximal? Have you, you know, found that over the years? Yeah, you know, I, I really, uh, it, one, of the, one of the research projects that I actually did uh, in New York was to look at portal locations, both laterally and medially, especially laterally. And what we found was that is we put our portals more lateral, more proximally, especially on the lateral side, but also the medial side, we became further and further away from the radial nerve laterally and the medial nerve medially. And so the reality is that a more proximal portal, both anterior, both laterally and medially on, in the anterior compartment, is further from the nerves and, and I guess, theoretically safer. But you don't compromise any uh, uh, visualization. In fact, there, uh, you can, you can uh, see a little better, I think, from the more proximal portals. And Dr. Savoy, who recently just did a podcast, uh, interestingly, on an article they published, puts their portals even uh, more anteriorly on the anterior compartment. So I think there's some wiggle room uh, for us to place portals uh, safely uh, in the anterior compartment. You talked about distension of the joint as a maneuver to increase safety. Any, um, any words of wisdom on that? Any technical tips or pointers? Yeah, you know, I think, I think that it's very important to insufflate the joint before you start elbow arthroscopy, especially if you start in the anterior compartment, because there, you know, we know that if we insufflate the elbow joint, we push the neurovascular structures anteriorly away from the trocar that we're going to use to enter the joint. So by default, we're going to be further away, again, from those neurovascular structures. But also, and I think from a more practical perspective, because we insufflate the joint, we tighten the capsule. And capsular penetration can be a, can be uh, difficult in elbow arthroscopy if we don't insufflate the joint because if you don't have a tight capsule and you're trying to insert that trocar in a relatively parallel uh, orientation compared to the capsule, it's difficult to get in, and we know all the bad stuff is just anterior to the capsule. So it's important that we enter that capsule reliably uh, uh, and consistently. Also, if you insufflate the joint, you're going to get that backflow of fluid when you remove the trocar, helping to confirm that you're actually in the joint. Any thoughts on positioning? Are you a, a prone positioner for elbow arthroscopy? You know, I, by default, uh, use the prone position. I like it because I like the orientation of the elbow, and I think it provides a little more stability of the shoulder girdle and the shoulder compared to the lateral cubitus position. But with that said, 
I think the prone and lateral decubitus divisions are just interchangeable. The orientation of the anatomy is the same, and I actually do the operations in both positions. I just tend to kind of default to the prone position. Another thought that I had was in those cases, arthritis or, or what have you, where you're going to be in both anterior and posterior compartments, which, which one do you start with? You know, it's a good question. I, it, to me, it depends on where the, the, the bulk of the work has, is going to be done. If, for example, there are tons of posterior compartment loose bodies, lots of osteophytes around the ulnohumeral joint, et cetera, then I'll often start in the posterior compartment. Um, if, if uh, conversely, if most of the work needs to be done in the anterior compartment or even an equivalent amount of work needs to be done in the anterior compartment, I'll t- typically start anteriorly because I found that, you know, sw- swelling is just a part of elbow arthroscopy no matter what technique you use. And so if I have a lot of work to do posteriorly, I'm concerned about my ability to have access to and, um, you know, ability to maneuver in the anterior compartment. So I'll usually start anteriorly in that situation. What do you think about simulator training and elbow arthroscopy? I mean, you know, we talked before about how, you know, there can be a paucity of cases in the general orthopedist practice, um, or even really even for upper extremity specialists, you can, you know, lack cases for being proficient. What do you see, see in the future is, is simulator training going to be going to be part of the educational armamentarium? Oh, I think that simulators are the, are the future uh, for surgical education, especially arthroscopic education. There's just no doubt in my mind that over time, who knows what that window is, that uh, simulators will just be a standard way that uh, orthopedic surgeons, orthopedic residents and fellows practice and train doing these procedures, uh, not just elbow, but shoulder and really all procedures. There are a lot of relatively sophisticated simulators being developed. In fact, the Orthopedic Learning Center in Chicago, where Anna has a lot of its uh, courses every year, uh, there's a, a company called Vertimed that Anna has a contractual relationship with and is, in fact, helping to them to develop very sophisticated simulator models for a number of procedures, uh, mainly in the shoulder, but also knee and hip. And so the future is here and that it's going to become ever more sophisticated, I think, uh, and we'll be able to practice a lot of the techniques with haptic feedback and a lot of things that, that really we're not even accustomed to or can't even imagine. Uh, with that said, though, I would say that cadaver training, especially for something relatively technically demanding like elbow arthroscopy, uh, is really indispensable. I think that uh, courses, again, like the Learning Center uh, courses and the ANA courses, uh, really are going to give you an opportunity to really work one-on-one with with uh, master surgeons that are really experienced in these techniques. And you can learn, you know, just lots and lots in a very short period of time with that learning environment. Well, get out your crystal ball for us. What do you think about the future of elbow arthroscopy? Are there going to be operations coming down the pipeline that, you know, we need to be aware of techniques, you know, that you think are evolving that are exciting? What What's the future hold for us? Well, you know, I think in all of surgery, the future is hard to see, but uh, lots of innovative things happen. And uh, I would, uh, I think, you know, I don't know, just just off the top of my head, I think that in the future, arthroscopic surgeons will be using, I think, improved um, instrumentation. I think the instruments will be smaller. I think even arthroscopes will be much smaller or provide improved access that I think in part will, will encourage surgeons to to perform elbow arthroscopy more than they might currently. I think there's that, I guess, bad rap or even misperception that elbow arthroscopy is unsafe. 
it's really not unsafe. It's very safe. If you look at the literature, it's statistically a very safe intervention. I, I remember it seems like maybe 2012 or 2013, um, Sean O'Driscoll published an article in GS have about 500 elbow arthroscopies consecutively performed and no permanent nerve injuries. In my whole career, I've likewise had no permanent nerve injury. So it's a good operation. And I think that uh, as we as we continue to educate and become more experienced, more and more surgeons will do it. I think as far as procedures go, um, I, again, I would, I would um, plug this arthroscopic lateral epicondylitis release for the reasons that I've dis- discussed. It provides opportunities to practice and, and to be able to continue to improve your skills in a, in a cl- good clinical uh, environment. Also, I think fracture surgery is going to be increasingly performed arthroscopically. I do a number of fractures with the camera, radial head, some coronoid process fractures, even uh, terrible triad fractures on occasion. Uh, Lateral collateral ligament repair and reconstruction is an operation that's been uh, described. Dr. Sadler has been instrumental in developing those techniques. I use those techniques in appropriately indicated people. I think that um, that's a Another operation for the future, OCD um, is often done open. I think there are opportunities uh, to do even some of the more technically complex OCD procedures, uh, purely or at least arthroscopically assisted. So I think there are a number of things in the future that are going to improve our indications and opportunities to do elbow um, scopes. Well, I think that we all you know, owe you a debt of gratitude for all of the um, work that you've done over the years in research and education in elbow arthroscopy, and I've certainly um, learned a lot from you and uh, look forward to your continuing work. And again, congratulations on this infographic, and I would encourage everybody who's listening to check that out. Rob, thank you for the opportunity to do the podcast, and uh, this is an exciting venue. I love to listen to these, and I look forward to more great things from the Orthosophy Journal and uh, you and your peers and all the great work that you guys are doing. So thank you very much for everything you do. This infographic from the July 2019 issue of Arthroscopy, Elbow Arthroscopy Made Simple, Indications and Techniques, can be found on the Arthroscopy Journal's website at arthroscopyjournal.org. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. Thank you.